I'm Luca Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. Yeah. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the back. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member of MavsMoneyBall.com, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com. Just, just, just forget about the end part and remember what Dirk did, Isaac Harris. It was such a weird night because you had every range of emotion, and by the end of the night, it was still all about Dirk, but by the end of the night and how the game ended, you're like, it felt like two totally different days and games of how you felt at the beginning and at the end. But however, whatever happened at the end, this was a super special night, not just for the Mavericks, not just for Dirk Nowitzki, but for the NBA as a whole. And it's uh, it's unbelievable that Dirk did this. It's incredible. So obviously what we're talking about is Dirk passed Wilt Chamberlain in, score, in all-time regular season scoring. I always find it interesting they don't include playoff scoring in this. I always thought that you should add playoffs to this but they don't do that in you know the only the, the kind of comparable thing is like uh what is it rushing yards like the rushing title and then you know home runs in a season or home runs for their career like they don't add playoffs to that but they should you should definitely add it because Derek would probably go a little higher on the list but we're, we're talking about that and we'll talk about the mavericks playing against the pelicans their insane finish i mean just a, one of the weirdest finishes the pelicans have had the two weirdest game finishes to games over the past two, their past two games that, I don't know, just just some weird stuff. So we'll talk about that. We'll break it down for you. If you guys missed it, we'll talk all about it. And then, uh, but before we do that, Isaac, right now the Mavericks, with their loss, are tied again with Memphis for sixth in the draft lottery. They have a 34.5% chance to keep their pick and get in the top four, 8% chance to get the number one overall pick and draft Zion like we suggested and recommended on our, our Monday show, and Memphis plays Houston on Wednesday. So, that's good, I guess. Memphis plays Houston. No, well, we Houston want Memphis just, to win games. Gonna say, no, uh, that's not good. I think no, Houston no. probably beat them. Um, but, no, yeah, I mean, Dallas' schedule coming up is going to get a little rough. They're going to go on the on the road. And uh, well, I think Mike... They're, they're the worst team in the NBA since All-Star break, so every single game is rough right now. Well, yes, <laughs> tonight was... Uh, I thought we were going to be on. I had a tweet about to hit, about to hit like sent or whatever you uh, is it tweet. I don't even know what the button is when you send a yeah, tweet what now. Does it say? I can't remember. Um, that was going to say the Mavs are on a winning streak. It says tweet and, on mobile, so I'll see. That. Okay, so luckily I didn't hit tweet on that uh, because the Mavericks are obviously not on a on a winning streak. But um, can I just talk about the build up to tonight? do it yeah tell me all about it what what it was going through what the the court was like before what the crowd was like because you were there you were in person you were covering the game you were you were there (laughs) remember our running joke last year of (laughs) the only publication to cover home and away yes all (laughs) anyway anyway uh it wasn't about us um (laughs) (laughs) but so yeah, it, it was just weird because you had the Cavs game on Saturday night, and that obviously didn't happen. 
and a lot of people thought it was going to happen. Dirk even thought about it. He talked about it after the game tonight. He said, man, I, I was really gunning for it on yeah. Saturday night. You know, to that, that Cleveland game couldn't do it. And so it's kind of like you had to rebuild it back up. And uh, the the you know tickets uh, to get to the game it was a packed house. You know it's a it's a Monday night, and people were there super early uh, because it, it was it's kind of weird because you had you know he's four points away. Most of us we talked about on the spot thought that he was going to come out and th- do the Lakers type thing of hey you're not going to drag this on you're just going to get it and you know get the thing so we can all celebrate and everything and. Uh, so I, I actually went to – I don't go to Rick uh, Rick Carlisle's pregame press conferences uh, very often. I just – yeah. Um, Only one time has it proven to be a uh, productive a productive uh, meeting or productive pregame presser, and that was when he called out LaFar Ball, and it was one of the greatest, that's moments, true. greatest moments in my career so far. Yeah, and that's when he, he takes um, – there's an art to Rick Carlisle, and – it's a bigger conversation. But anyway, the, uh, as far as when you ask certain questions at practices and before games and after games and all this different stuff. Whether it's and, about Thanksgiving or not. Uh, never. Never ask him about what he's doing. For <laughs> never ask anything personal. That, that was, yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, so I, I went to this one today and he got a lot in which I could listen to Rick Carl. I could listen to anybody talk about Wilt Chamberlain uh, that is nerds of the game uh, for as long as they wanted to talk about him and Rick, Rick throwing out different stats and things about Wilt before the game. Uh, I was just a, a, a little kid in a candy shop, just sitting there like, Oh, I, I can listen to Wilt stats all day long. And, um, but Rick right off the bat was asked this is pregame just about what Dirk means to him and just what the, the, this record and this milestone. And he was like, Hey, I don't want to jinx it yet. You know, before the game it hasn't happened, but he just goes into this kind of this like monologue type thing of what Dirk uh, kind of means. And it was incredible. I, I don't have it on audio. I'm sorry. But it, it was it was really good him talking just about Dirk in general. And he talked about what all Dirk goes through and what he's went through the past three years to be able to play this game. And he he, he was talking. About, he said, y'all don't uh, y'all don't uh, understand how many things that goes into his body. Uh, from needles to di- all this different stuff, just to keep his body going over the past three years, the because he wa- young, <laughs> because he wants to be out there so bad, and um, he actually but- gets Luca injections. He just takes some of Luca's blood and injects it into him. And that checks it in. keeps him young. Uh, I have a quote from from Rick about w- Will Chamberlain. Brad Townsend tweeted a couple out, and I, I noted them down. Carlisle says Wilt Chamberlain was his favorite player while growing up in upstate New York. Got pretty emotional talking about it. Shows the enormity of tonight's opportunity for for Dirk. Carlisle quote: "This is one of a kind histor- uh This is the kind of historical thing that, if you follow the game for five decades the way I have, is really mind boggling." Yeah, man. You know, he talks about how you know at the beginning of his career, uh, or just at Carlisle's time. You know, Wilt was obviously still alive back then, and but you know, Carla even mentioned playing with Larry Bird and how uh, sometimes you forget, or sometimes I forget that Carlisle actually played with Patrick Ewing, and he had a year with uh, a year with Ewing in New York, and so he mentioned Ewing and Bird as far as he's just bigger than um, bigger than the game, like talents, these superstar type of players, and um, but yeah, just he talked about just Wilt and stuff. It, it's cool, and they were talking about. It and Brad asked the Brad 
brought up a question or uh, worded it in a way that I get frustrated about this all the time is he said, you know, not a lot of people talk about what Chamberlain when it comes to the goat, you know, the goat debate and the talk and all this stuff. And uh, so Rick kind of, you know, talked about that some. He uh, went back to it a few times, answered some other questions of kind of just nowadays Wilt doesn't get that type of respect like he should. And it's it's cool that with Dirk passing Wilt, it's bringing Wilt a little bit uh, brighter light on Wilt's career tonight, even though if it's just Dallas or whatever, of people talking about Wilt Chamberlain and just who he was. And Dirk talked about him a lot uh, after the game and what he meant to the league and what all he could do in his era and his crazy records. And uh, it's insane. But yeah, it, it's a huge, huge milestone. It's awesome. It's a great milestone. We'll continue to talk about it right after this. All right, Isaac. So, man, I, I talked about this in my, my Mavs Moneyball pod, and I don't want to try to do the exact same thing, but but it's just such a big point that passing passing Wilt is like, it's so crazy to me because Wilt Wilt's highest, he has the most points in one game, right? 100 points. Do you know what Dirk's career high is? Gosh, 54? 53, yeah, just right there, exactly right there. Mm. Wilt's career high is almost double Dirk's career high. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Uh, and I did a stat of the week on my Maps Moneyball podcast. You can do it, but but Dirk only had like 20, 40 point games in his career. That's wild. Like it's like James Harden already has seventy four in his career, and it's just Dirk it's consistently doing it every single night. And we're we're seeing the fruits of his labor right now, and it's a uh, it's awesome to see. It's crazy to see, and that's what's mind boggling about it is that he didn't have these huge highs where like you know Devin Booker had a seventy point game and. Other guys have had these huge, big games. Dirk hasn't had games like that. He hasn't had weeks where he's, you know, Kobe had a week where he scored 50 like five times. Dirk hasn't had that. Dirk just consistently, every single night, goes out and scores 20. Boom. Every every single night. That's what he did in his prime. And now we're just seeing that consistency and the hard work, the hard work to to keep him in shape. Like you said, what, what Carlisle said, you know, keeping his body, the things that he does to keep him in, in shape and keep him you know, fresh and to keep him sharp and to keep his jumper tight and to keep all this stuff going is, is, you know, has paid off in, in incredible ways. And now he's, you know, one of the top six scorers in NBA history. Yeah. And Mark Stein retweeted this tweet tonight. And I, I thought it, it's really incredible when you think about it. It's a, a, a guy by the name of Micah Adams. He tweeted out and he said, Wilt dropped 43 points in his NBA debut and won MVP as a rookie. <laughs> He goes, Dirk went 0 for 5 in his NBA debut and averaged 8 points per game as a rookie. Dirk now has more career points. He's a great example of never giving up on players too early. Nobody's story is even close to written after one season. And it's really incredible when you think about it that way that when people talk about the story of Dirk, it I mean, so many stories and so many people talk about the beginning days. And that was a theme tonight of Dirk talking about it and how raw he was, how skinny he was, yeah. how he played the threesome, and then you know <laughs> how and they you know they moved him to the four and just how it was just so difficult for him. And I mean, you said I just said he averaged eight points, and how Wilt came out of Kansas, and Wilt, you know, Wilt was just a physical uh, anomaly, like like people. This is one this is one of the statements that always frustrate me when people say anybody else in NBA history is more dominant 
or was the most dominant player outside of Wilt Chamberlain. Wilt Chamberlain was the most dominant player in NBA history. There, to me, like I will argue that to the day I die. There's no, there's nothing. Um, we've talked about it briefly on this pod. All these crazy things, what he could bench press and his high jump. Anyway, he was a track star. Him coming out of Kansas, he played professional volleyball. All, I mean, it was insane. But him coming out of Kansas, going into the league. I mean, you saw. I mean, we just, I just said. I mean, he, he hit the ground running, instantly putting up crazy stats, instantly just setting records. It took Dirk time. <laughs> and yeah. and here we are, like, Dirk is passing Wilt. And I know Dirk mentioned Wilt tonight after a game is saying, you know, he said it's crazy that Dirk only played, you know, I mean, he's talking about Wilt, how Wilt's career was a little bit shorter compared to somebody like Kareem's. That was, you know, 20-some years. And he's like, you know, if Wilt just played a couple more seasons, he would be one or two on the scoring list. He's like, but, you know, and obviously Dirk's at 21. But it's just a testament of kind of different paths that they both took. They're both seven-footers. But, man, look at the differences in their games. And there's and there's such huge milestone. And you can't tell the story of basketball without telling the story of Wilt Chamberlain. And you can't leave out the story of Dirk Nowitzki. Cannot. Cannot, and now their paths are kind of intertwined because they're probably going to finish around the same. <laughs> they're probably going to be, you know, six seven for a while because once like Kevin Durant and guys like that get close to Wilt, they'll be able to pass Dirk pretty quick too. After that, yeah, I know this is a longer thing without even looking at it, but how long does Dirk stay in the top ten? Oh gosh, uh... I mean, it's going to be years. I mean, we, I, I get that for sure, but I mean, if KD keeps it up, could he get in top ten when I he's mean, if over? Harden, if Harden keeps this up, he'll be there in you know <laughs> three years. Uh, Harden's insane. I mean, yeah, I mean, you're looking at decades, but still, it just Zion. Kind of... Can we talk about Zion? <laughs> <laughs> just the how the the uptick in scoring and stuff, and that yeah. was there was a lot of history of the game talked about tonight, and that was that was really fun from Dirk and Carlisle. Dirk talked about when he first came in the league how they needed the league needed more scoring and how the league was. Uh, he kind of takes it. It's just typical Dirk fashion. He tries to deflect the spotlight some and saying, "Well, always. the league was just tries to set it always." <laughs> yeah, and he was like, "The league was just set up perfectly for me." You know, league rules were changing, and it just I came in at a time where they wanted more scoring in the league and all this stuff, and kind of like taking credit away from himself. And that's just who Dirk is. And it's like, no, bro, you're just you're just a transform like you're a yeah. transcendent talent, a generational talent. Let us say and, good things about you. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know how long he's gonna stay up in the top ten, but it'll be a while. I mean, yeah, oh yeah, he'll be there for a while. It'll be a while, um, unless Luca gets there. Which Luca Luca said nothing is impossible when when asked if he could eventually pass Dirk. Gosh, yeah, how that would take him so long. Like, I mean, he's starting. He has a head start for sure. Yeah, I mean, he came in the league at 19, so he's just going to keep. And well, and he's scoring 20 points a game in his 19, yeah, yeah, 19 exactly. year old season instead of eight, like we just mentioned. Yeah, exactly. It's wild. Um, all right, do you want to get into let, – well, actually, let's hear from Dirk. Let's hear from Dirk right after the game. This is Dirk. Um, this is his quote right after scoring and beating Will Chamberlain's scoring record, and this is what he had to say to the media. Are you drinking milk? Mm-hmm. You're just straight up drinking a glass of milk. You know how bad that is for for your speaking voice and your throat. I'm deeply sorry. Not. <laughs> Got to do this on the podcast right now. It's not even a. It's not even a glass. It's a mason jar. 
Yeah. It's a Mason Jarfold note. Sign me up. <laughs> All right, let's hear from Dirk. Yeah, the, the Big Dipper, huh? Been, uh, <laughs> amazing, obviously. It's been, uh, it's been a long time coming this season, you know, uh, knowing before the year uh, it was only 200-something points, and then there were times where I thought it's, I'm not going to make it, you know, the way the season went uh, with the injury and then coming coming off the injury, it was just super, super slow. And um, But, you know, the last few weeks felt better and, and playing better. And the team obviously has kept looking for me, kept telling me to shoot. So I'm glad I'm glad it's over with now. Um, Try to make it happen really the other night, really bad. Uh, the atmosphere was amazing. Uh, I, just, I just couldn't push it over the top. So it was good today to just, uh, you know, get it out of the way soon with, with two shots. and. And uh, it was great. Yeah, he, you mentioned the trying to, to push it off himself, and then the he really, really wanted it against the Cavs the other night. He really wanted to try to get it at home uh, against the Cavs, and he pushed and just couldn't get it. And uh, it's funny the the team trying to tell Dirk to shoot. I mean, <laughs> why do you have to tell Dirk to shoot, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, he talked about um, how Devin before the game. You know, Devin was really wanting to assist to that play. And so some people were speculating, what's Carlisle like putting him in after he hits a shot? Well, he put Devin in super quick so he can get the assist. And because, uh, you know, him and Dirk have played so many games together and Devin's really wanting it. Dirk joked about it after the game and said that Devin uh, told him before the game, he was joking. He said, hey, now, now go out there and miss a couple shots. Uh, for or if you make one, just you know, miss a couple, and then I'll be in there and I'll, I'll give you the assist. But uh, uh, he's like, no, just he got it over with, and he, he talked a lot about and Luca the injury. got the assist. Yeah, yeah, and Luca got the assist, and he mentioned that and how Luca is the future of the franchise and all that. And um, he's talked about all throughout this season, but just the setback on the surgery from this past summer was it just totally threw everything off and. He said, you know, going to the season and like us on this podcast and everybody, we're like, oh, OK, he's, he's coming back for the season. He's going to pass Wilt fairly you know, quick. Like it's going to be soon. Yeah. And then over time, it's like, is he going to do it? There, remember, there <laughs> like, was a time we talked about that he needed to average four and a half points per game. He was averaging four point four. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's where we yeah. were at that time. And he he even said, you know, he didn't know if he was going to make it. And he he did gladly. But. It's and that was that was a wild. that was a huge yeah that was a huge point for him of just the work that he had and it's just like a it's another story to who he is that he decided to come back for this 21st season and he had that surgery he's like I thought I was going to make it better and then uh, he had that setback with his tendon and that he said and he he said he said that put me back to zero and yeah, for dang. somebody like Dirk and his body and just everything to and here you just said I'm coming back and, and all this stuff and it could be your last season and you you you're at zero. You know how easy it would be to say it's just I'm 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 this tapping out. Like this is a white tail. I'm sorry. I tried, but I'm at zero. This is where my body's at. I've had to set back. But it just speaks of everything of who he is to say, you know what? This is this is another challenge. I'm gonna fight back from it, and it it just speaks more into when he first came back. And Carlo mentioned it before the game. He said that first Phoenix game, and 
you know, people were making their jokes like, oh, my gosh, look how Dirk, Dirk looks so old out there. And why did he even come back? You know, like a lot of people on Twitter, which Twitter just sucks sometimes of like just hmm. throwing these darts at, at Dirk of just why, 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 why. And I'm like, that was his first run. And it's like, I'm, and he and now, yeah, he still struggles and is defensive and moving and all this stuff. But he looks so much better now than when he first came back. You know, what's the worst kind of, of person that, that talks about Dirk in that way. People who think KG is better. The people, that, the people that go, like, man, I'm just, I just wish, I don't want to see Dirk like this. Like, it's, oh, it's just kind of, it's just embarrassing to see Dirk, you know, like running like that, and just, ah, oh, just, you know, no, just let him be, let him play, uh-huh. <laughs> let him be what he wants to be, and get off him. The only person that can be embarrassed would be Dirk. I, I'm not embarrassed if if Dirk wants to be out there and do that thing, then I'm gonna cheer him do on and. Thing. Yeah, if something he gets embarrassed, like, oh well, okay. Well, the only Dirk, the only think? time I want Dirk off the court because it's an embarrassing situation is when the Mavs are losing by forty to the Nets. <laughs> That's the only time. Yes, like Dirk just said. Uh, All right, now. let's. Uh, do you have anything else you want to say about Dirk? Quick, and we'll take a break and talk about this this crazy end of this game. Uh, no, I mean I, I will just say this after the game, he he was asked again about. Uh, coming back and he just he doubled down what he said all season of saying hey you know now that i'm i've been going through these stretches of games and i'm feeling decent right now he's like i'm i'm not gonna make any decision through now i'm gonna wait through the summer get to finish out the season see how i feel and everything and then i'll play summer league and (laughs) i'll revisit it all then so how great would it be if dirk played summer league (laughs) it would be the funniest thing ever You burger, you burger, you're not you're never gonna make it in this league. Zion, you burger. What league you think you're gonna make it in? G? G? What's after G? When I started, there was no G League. League? (laughs) Oh man, that'd be funny. All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, let's break down the end of this game. All right, Isaac. So the Mavericks, they cough up this game. I mean, just let's just quickly go through the end of it because it was just it was kind of a weird up and down game uh the Mavericks were down for most of the fourth quarter and then came back and and had a lead midway through right yeah they had they had their lead and they, they retook the lead with five minutes left and then it got down to the last like 24 seconds really just the the very end, the, the Pelicans kind of kind of eased their way back in. The Mavericks didn't have a huge lead. I mean, it was, what, like five points here and there. So the Mavericks um, kind of gave it away, gave it away. Alfred Payton hits a couple free throws. It gets down to two points. Then Luka hits a couple free throws, back up to four points. Nine seconds left. There's literally nine seconds left. Luka, Luka had his two free throws, and this was the – everybody was talking about free throws with Luka. That's been yeah. the thing. And he went to the line. They're with, up with, to – With 19 seconds left. This is your this is your chance. Like, you don't want to say ice it because obviously it didn't. But like, <laughs> yeah, he had both go, of them. They didn't win. <laughs> go up by four, knock down your free throws, change the narrative a little bit. He not he sinks them. You're like, all right, this is this is gonna be a dub. Okay, and this was the foul where he fell down, right? <laughs> yes. This was so weird because he gets the line. They're both in the bonus, and oh no no, no this this is that's a different play. That's a different play. That's later. No, no, no. That's different. Okay, okay. So this is, okay. these are different free throws. So he hits those free throws. Then Alfred Payton with nine seconds left hits a three on the other, which Alfred Payton hitting a three. I mean, 
Where are we? What what universe hey, triple, are we? Triple in? double, Alfred Payton. Hey, triple double with against Lucas. Triple double. Five games in a row for Alfred Payton. Triple double. Five games in a row. Yeah. That can't. I'm. I have to Google that because that, I don't not believe you just said that. Okay, don't believe me. Um. Yeah. So well, okay. Well, I know, and now I'm getting my end of the game mixed mixed up because I know that la- I know Luca's last two free throws before the crazy sequence uh, put them up by four with like eight or nine seconds left. Yeah. Put put them up by four. Alfred Payton hits the three with nine seconds left. Now now the Mavericks are only up one, and this and then so he hits the three, and then you have who is it? Tim Hardaway Jr. inbounds the ball, and Kenrich yeah. Williams from TCU. Steals the inbounds pass, throws it to Alfred Payton. Alfred Payton throws it into the paint to Julius Randle, who dunks on it. Julius Randle always owns the Mavericks, by the way. He's he's on the list now of the DJ Augustine. Oh, who, oh, for sure. Who else is on this list? Rodney Hood, yes. CJ Miles. Yes. yes, Julius Randle. He's on the list. All now. of these guys. He's on the list. Yeah. He always owns the Mavericks. And so he dunks it. The Maver- the Mavericks are now down one after after They're having. Just- I, I can't even describe how much that took the air out of everything. They're up like, four we with 19 all, seconds left. Most ever, most of the media people had already left the the like media press box area yeah. to go downstairs. Okay. So it, a little inside baseball for you. When, okay, so lots of the media sits up in the press box. It's the highest place you can possibly be in the stadium besides being on the roof. And they have to go down this elevator. And it takes a while to get down all the way down to the basement, which is where Carlisle does the pressers and stuff like that. And so if the game is already decided, guys will start running to the elevator a little early because other people, you know, try to use the elevator too. And so it becomes pretty crowded. And so if a game's decided, guys are already leaving. Well, if a game's not decided, most of the guys stay. But if a game's decided like this, then guys, guys were leaving. (laughs) Yes, guys were leaving. And I'm just still just chilling there because I don't, yeah, well, I don't go to, you know, anyway. And so I was just kind of chilling there watching the game. There's a couple of us still up there. And, I mean, when Luka hits those two free throws and they go up by four with nine seconds left, you're like, the chances. What is the win probability that Dallas is going to lose this game now? That's when I about sent out my tweet about the Mavericks winning streak. And they come down and he hits that three and you're like, holy crap. And then they throw the ball away. And it's just a matter of, it felt like a split second. And you're like, the crap how the Mavericks get down by one they Pelicans literally scored five five points in what two seconds and let's see yeah so okay so it was nine seconds left Alfred Payton hit the three five seconds left Kendra Williams gets the steal uh Julius Randle dunks yeah literally like four or five seconds they they got all those they got five points and came back and then then we have the play where Luka gets fouled with 1.9 seconds left and this is where he gets the ball inbounded to him, and then he kind of trips over Kenrich Williams. And a foul was called, and they're both in the bonus. And so I think he's going to go to the line, and he gets one and one. I was listening to it with the sound off. Well, it's su- super late foul, too. That ref saved yeah. a freaking riot that was going to take place in American <laughs> Airlines Center because the ref closest to the play didn't call the foul. It was the ref by the Pelicans bench by <laughs> Alvin Gentry, and Gentry was going nuts. The re- I mean, the, the Pelicans bench was going bananas about it, saying, what is going on? <laughs> like, how can you call that? He just fell down. And, I mean, fans had already... It, it was just crazy. The In a split second, the fans had just immediately... You could just feel the, feel the roar when they didn't call it, and then bam, there's the whistle. So, yeah, and, and this brought up uh, the big moment of, here you go, Luca. like, win the game. 
So Luca gets to the line and he misses the first shot. And I thought that I was I was looking around. How come nobody tried to go for the rebound? And it was a shooting foul. They called him a shooting foul as he was falling down, <laughs> throwing the ball from his hip, basically, which I thought was hilarious. So he gets a second free throw, which is awesome. If they don't, if he doesn't get the free throw, they lose the game outright. You know, they don't yeah. have a chance in overtime. But he hits the second one, he ties the game. So at least he got at least he got the one. He tied the game. And they go into overtime, and you know Frank Jackson kind of takes over, <laughs> pretty much. Okay, so <laughs> I you got to commend the Pelicans because the the pettiness and the funny humor that they have with Anthony Davis, okay, and the tanking oh. measures that they went through to uh. make make sure that they lose this game, and they didn't lose. So <laughs> speaking of speaking of Anthony Davis. Okay, do you know when he last checked? Besides the he ran he randomly guarded an inbounds pass with five seconds left in the fourth oh, quarter. That's what I want to talk about, yeah. Okay, so he did that, but then before that, do you know when the last time Anthony Davis checked out of the game was? No. Six minutes and thirty four seconds left in the third quarter. Wow. He didn't play most of the third and then you know, all the fourth except for five seconds left, this this inbounds play. I, I have never seen a situation like this. I, I, I never. The Mavs and used Salah in the same way. It it's absolutely <laughs> it's absolutely unbelievable how this situation is because you see him and you don't want to read into body language or just everything too much because we don't know. But just observing, just like from pregame routine stuff to I watched him do his whole pregame routine to him in the game of like just his like timeouts. Does he practice stuff. his handshake with it, LeBron? <laughs> Um, it, it it's so weird that he is one of the top ten players in the league, and that he's getting like he this uses is what, a t- utility guarder on inbounds passes. Yeah, and it, like that that is how he's being used right now, and it's not it's it's and that's what both sides want. Like, bro, just 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 like. <laughs> Like, Would no, you rather him just down. pull Le'Veon Bell and just sit out? Yeah, pull the Kawhi. If you're not, yeah, if you're gone, don't. Yeah, this is just. I mean, it's so weird and awkward. And so, anyway, classic moment. Yeah, it gets down to that Luca play. That Luca play. They put him in for five. Like at the five seconds, you're like, oh my god. Yeah, this what, is the play where Luca trips over Kenrich Williams and gets fouled. Like, what the crap is Anthony Davis doing in this game? <laughs> He's not supposed to be in this game. And here's the craziest part is Lucas shoots the free throws. It's 1.9 seconds left, and they take Anthony Davis out of the game. <laughs> like, they you literally just used him as a defensive sub, and they took him just out for long the long body. We just want to use the, your length, and that's it. It's a tie ball game. Pelicans ball. 1.9 seconds left. They this- have the ball. And they take Anthony Davis out because, and they want to put somebody else in for offense. This is how the conversation went on the bench between Alvin Gentry and Anthony Davis. Hey, AD, let's uh, let's put you in here to guard the inbounds play. Uh, coach, what's the chances of me getting injured on an inbounds play? You know, you're probably just gonna stand there. You're gonna raise your arms around. Nothing, nothing's probably gonna happen. All right, cool. And then he just goes. <laughs> then he goes. <laughs> I want to know how the conversation took place of when the timeout was called after the free throw, and then they're like, "Hey, uh, hey, uh, you, you get AD, hey, get AD. Alfred's, Alfred's coming in for you. He's AD, you're good. Double. <laughs> and here to 
to put the cherry on top of the tanking cake for the Pelicans, their MVP of the game was by far Julius Randle. He had 30 points in a game. Oh, yeah, he's not in either. Didn't even play overtime. How do you take <laughs> He had 30 points. He rest player. Of, of Obviously, Anthony Davis didn't he play had overtime. 30 points, nine boards, and four assists. But they didn't even play Julius Randle in he overtime. He made two threes. Come on. They legitimately rolled out all of overtime. They rolled out Kenrich Williams, Frank Jackson. Frank Jackson played 40 minutes tonight. Uh, there's probably a lot of people that listen to this pod have no clue who Frank Jackson is. Uh, yeah, check Diallo, Darius Miller, Ian Clark, Stanley Johnson. Frank Stanley Johnson is is playing terribly. I mean, remember when we drafted Stanley Johnson in our our yes. locked on mock draft, and we were so excited about it. Uh, we should not. Well, be we also got Donovan Mitchell in that draft. Hey, so. we didn't get Dennis. We got Donovan. That's true. That's true. Uh, uh, Frank Jackson uh, torched Tim Hardaway Jr. in overtime. Just torched him. Tim had some bad misses tonight, on but... de- especially on defense. <laughs> um, and then as crazy as it was, oh, when overtime, uh, overtime took place. Obviously, the Pelicans, uh, Mavericks played this foul game towards the end of overtime, and uh, by them playing the foul game, it allowed Dallas to have a few more possessions in which. <laughs> In which Luka Doncic got two more assists, and Luka hey. walked away with the triple double. <laughs> it matters. Yeah. So yeah. How many Luka triple doubles does Trey Young have? Isaac, tell uh, me. Tell me. Many. Tell me. One. Maybe. Does one. He have one. I think he had one. Roll. Uh, so yeah, Luka finished with twenty nine points, thirteen rebounds, and five assists on the night. So, um, yeah, another no, solid thirteen rebounds, ten assists, five turnovers. Oh. What did I jack it up? Yeah, you said five assists. Oh, okay, okay. Could get the triple double if you didn't. Never mind. That is true. Um, refs were super weird in this game too. I tweeted out a few things, and it's, I, I'm tired of this crap where Luca just doesn't get foul calls, and it's just dumb. I mean, he um, got a foul call tripping over a player, so and he got a shooting foul while he was throwing the he ball. He took out his legs wildly. <laughs> he was turned the other way. Tim Hardaway. Tim Hardaway had 21 points. I don't know. Okay, well. There was a point in the fourth quarter in which it was like him and Julius Randle trading buckets, and they each hit like three shots in a row. You're like, okay, wow, wow, this is what's happening. And then <laughs> he missed a few threes. But Luka Doncic shot the ball 26 times in this game. That's good. We need more. Uh, Maxi also got hurt in this game too, and it didn't look good at the time. Uh, actually, got <laughs> he banged knees, and it, it looked that looked nasty. But then Ugh. he came down on his wrist after. Uh, uh, just posterizing Czech Diallo. So, and yeah, he was holding it a lot. He didn't come back in the game. He has a sprained wrist. Carlos said he's going to, they're going to evaluate it more on Tuesday. But, uh, yeah, if, if I'm a guessing, I guess if I'm a guessing man, uh, <laughs> how tame can you be, Isaac? I would, uh, I would guess he that he would. the man doesn't bet. He's too good for that. He doesn't even guess. He doesn't even guess. <laughs> uh, shout him. out! Shout out to the guy also on Twitter. We talked. We talked a little bit on draft stuff yesterday, but uh, I had a guy on Twitter today uh, tweet at me and say, "Okay, I've had a lot of bad takes on this podcast. We're almost oh at five hundred. We're almost at five hundred episodes. Uh, so we talk on a podcast every single day. So we're bound to have uh, bad takes. We've had over four hundred and fifty episodes." Yeah, so I've obviously had I mean bad takes over the past two years, uh, but had somebody tweet at me today and say, "You picking DeAndre Hunter over Jared Culver 
is the worst <laughs> take in Lockdown Mavs history. And, and that um, includes me. <laughs> that includes you too. And I was like, oh, dang, that was uh, that was super strong. But I got a good laugh out of that. I enjoyed that. So thanks for sending me that tweet. And shout out. I want to give a shout out to Paige Smith. Paige Smith tweeted at us the at Lockdown Mavs account. And she said, I'm an, I'm an over 50 female member of the Raccoon Squad from Atlanta. And then she put in quotes, a real unicorn. Heck yeah, you're a real unicorn, Paige Smith. Let's go, Paige. Let's go. Not only a female listening to the podcast, which honestly, the numbers. We have like, it's like 2%. It's like 2%, 2% of, of our milk. audience I just drank female. 2% milk. <laughs> the number of females is represented with the amount of milk that was in that glass he just drank. Uh, she said, in town to see Dirk before he, he retires. Time to just write because I'll be there tonight. So you got to see a very interesting end of the game, and uh, you got to see some history. So shout out to Paige for being a, a Raccoon Squad listener. Shout out to Paige. That's awesome. Thanks for reaching out to us, too. And uh, I'm glad you got to see a, a special night in American Airlines Center. There we go. Guys, hope you appreciate another edition of Lockdown Maps. We'll be back the rest of this week. There's going to be more games, more draft talk. We've got a lot of stuff planned for this next couple of months and so uh stick with us we appreciate it thanks so much for listening to lockdown maps peace out boom <laughs>